monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature Joey G. Joining me as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? I'm good. How are you, honey? What? What, what, are, you, what are you saying? Oh, I see. The size of the whiskey there is probably why you're being so nice to me. What? I'm trying I, to... I, 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 <laughs> everyone says I mean when I drink whiskey. I have to try You only try just hard. started, though. I mean, by the time we get halfway through that jar... So we are a couple of days late. Sorry. No, we're not sorry, and we're not late. They got an episode on Friday, and they should be grateful. Okay. <laughs> Look... The world's on fire. The world's on fire. Because nobody noticed. Well, they noticed. Yeah. So what be- there's never been a better time to stay in your house and watch movies. Right. And there's never been a better time to watch old uh, German movies. I agree. And that's exactly what we did, Nicole. <laughs> we did. Uh, as you are no doubt aware, one of my favorite directors in the world is Werner Herzog. I am very aware. Big fan over here. You know, it, I didn't know for a long time that he made more than documentaries. This is my first um, non-documentary film by him that I've seen. Yeah, uh, I I have certainly not seen all of his films, but I think when I last counted on Letterboxd, I've seen something like 32 or 33 of his movies. Holy shit, he's made a lot of movies. I've seen like half of his movies. He's made a lot of movies. Does he put one out every year? Like Sometimes he puts out several a year. That's he impressive. He also makes a lot of like documentary shorts and things like that. They're not all yeah, feature length. Yeah, but still, but, yeah. like that's an impressive body of work there. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> but uh, so we chose his 1979 remake of F.W. Murnau's silent uh, horror film Nosferatu, which the... we've done on this podcast. Yeah, we argued about that, about whether or not I knew we had watched Nosferatu together, but I couldn't remember if we'd done it on the show or not. But evidently, we, we have. Uh, so yeah, it was this a long is... time ago though. Yeah. So unlike the original, well, you know what? First of all, let's listen to the trailer, which I checked, and it's in English, so we're going to actually play it. Woohoo! sorts of evil spirits are set loose. People disappear without a trace. Last night, after a tiresome journey, I finally reached my destination, the castle of Count Dracula.
Nosferatu, the vampire, coming from 20th Century Fox. Nosferatu, the vampire, a film unlike any Dracula film ever made. Nosferatu, the vampire. See? English. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I said, this is a remake of F.W. Murnau's silent film, Nosferatu, which was a, a uh, unofficial adaptation of Dracula. Right. Um, we may have covered this when we talked about Nosferatu on the podcast, but it was new, new old information to me when you said that it was... Yes, the film was released and Bram Stoker's heirs uh, decided that it was a little bit too similar because all they really changed was the name Dracula to Count Orlock. And other than that, it was pretty close to Dracula. And they sued and a court ruling ordered that all copies of the film were to be destroyed. However, thankfully... That was not the case, and some film, some copies survived, and uh, we now have it restored, and it's you know a classic, it's an influential of... masterpiece. I just read that yeah, on Wikipedia. Well, I, but you know we've all seen it, and it's an absolutely brilliant film. It was so very cool. The question to will watch be it. whether or not Werner Herzog's adaptation uh, lived up to it. Nicole, I you... think we know the, our opinion. I don't. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Did, do you think it was as good or better than the I original? I mean, I guess we have a podcast, so we should still uh, yeah, discuss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this week. We already know what each other thinks. We're done. I'll turn the mics off and we can just go make out. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't act so disappointed. Well, I mean, what else are we going to do during a lockdown? Not lockdown. I'm reading books. Self-isolation. Self I'm reading books. I'm playing video games. I'm making lots of art. Yeah. Who needs physical contact <laughs> with each other? Did you or did you not enjoy Nosferatu the Vampire? And do you think that it is, uh, it, it compares well to the original silent film masterpiece? I honestly think this was a one of the most brilliant movies I've ever seen. And oh. I know that makes you so happy to hear oh. me say that. Babe, oh, this is the greatest moment <laughs> of my life. was, um, I liked it better than the original, but they, he did so many amazing... Like, no, I don't know what a better word the nods to the original. Oh, yeah, no, there's definitely, like, this he, is definitely a remake. No, uh, Count Dracula looks exactly like the Count Dracula. Yeah, they did a really good job of the original. Klaus Kinski's makeup. A really good job, and it translated to color so well. Yeah, was, the lighting and the color, the, 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 all the production design in this movie is just staggering. I would say, you know when you, you talk about that YouTube um, show you like every frame a painting? Yeah, this literally. This was literally every frame was a painting. Yeah. And the lighting in it, I can only describe as being like almost exactly like a Caravaggio painting where mm -hmm. it's um, hieroscuro, one very distinct light source. And it, just, it was just... So I can't even yeah. put into well, that's, words that's how brilliant it was. Because that's sort of like a an update, sort of of what made the original. You know, as part of that movement of um, German expressionistic cinema, right, where they all had those like exaggerated shadows and things like that. So this was sort of like it was definitely taking that as a jumping off point, like with those big long shadows and very very deliberate lighting cues and things like that, right? And for the most part, this movie was quiet, like very. Um, which I think was intentional. Another mm -hmm. nod to the original. Yeah. Um, now you also haven't read the book Dracula. 
No, I haven't. Now, was the book um, allegory or metaphor for the plague like this movie was? We didn't talk I mean, about the look, plot of this movie yet. But. Yeah, maybe we'll do that in, in a second. But um, the original Dracula novel, I really like it. And I should probably read it again. But I seem to recall when I read it that it was just like a really good ripping yarn. Like there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was a ton of like deeper symbols that were going on there. Okay. It just was just like a really exciting story. I'm sure there was. And I'm I probably, if I read it again now, I'd probably get more out of it. But I, I really liked it at the time it felt a lot less if there is it doesn't feel as deliberate as this film did i mean it's right? a perfect allegory this yeah. was deliberate oh very but the even, first half of the movie is basically just an adaptation of the first half of dracula if you just watch the original even thinking of it as an allegory for the plague it's it's mm-hmm. perfect it works perfectly totally well let's let's do with, deal with the plot a little bit like we said mm. for the first half of the movie it is basically the plot of dracula jonathan is, harker who yeah. is a real estate agent in uh, germany at least in this movie, he's in Germany. In the book, it's in England. But um, his employer, Renfield, informs him that he ha- that there's this cat named Count Dracula uh, who wishes to buy property. Uh, this cat named Dracula? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying it out. I'm talking like an old jazz man. Uh, so he gets sent to go complete the deal, leaving his young wife, Lucy, behind. Uh, so he travels to Transylvania, to the castle of the Count, which takes him a long time to get there. When he gets there, uh, he gets... As in the book, when he gets to this village near the castle, everyone's just like... Dude, don't go to the fucking castle. My man's a Dracula. And he's just like, don't be silly. That There's no was um, probably one of my favorite parts of this movie because I felt like they built up the dread of Dracula very well. Yeah, like we all, I mean, and it doesn't have the um, the sort of theatricality of like, say, the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Right. You know, which is also an adaptation, but it's sort of like a lot more gothic and... and um, bodice ripping and like very it's very more for yeah. american audiences yeah it's, it's just more theatrical and more like uh operatic i guess that's a good know? word to describe um, it uh so anyway he gets there uh parker <laughs> gets to the castle he's just like yep the count is a fucking weird looking guy oh the scene Big old where fingernails. he is sucking his thumb because he cut um yeah jonathan cuts his thumb at dinner and yeah. dracula's like this is the oldest method and it works and he starts sucking on his thumb and jonathan says Parker's no just like, come on man and then but Dra- when dracula hits the chair uh, yeah. angrily that was scary he yeah. was so he's a very, <laughs> very scary dude uh the count then sees a picture of uh, lucy and immediately decides, yeah, I want to buy this place because it's near your house, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's do that, okay? He wants to be neighbors. Yeah. And so as he stays there, Jonathan gets haunted at night by strange dreamlike creatures and encounters with the Count. And uh, simul- simultaneously, back in Germany, Lucy is tormented by night terrors and images of impending doom. Also, Renfield gets put in an asylum uh, because he's after he bit a cow, he's gone completely nuts. He literally had a cow. He literally was insane. Yeah. So anyway, eventually Harker finds the Count asleep in his coffin, and which is sort of him going like, "Yeah, that's a yeah everything a everything they told me yeah. in the village." Well, it's shit. true. and then it's too late because Dracula has already yeah. been too late. Dracula leaves for Vismar, taking with him <laughs> a number of coffins filled with the cursed earth he needs for his vampiric and rest. Rats. Oh yeah, many many rats. Eventually Harker escapes. Uh, through the castle, falls, injures himself, and uh, these young gypsies kind of take care of him and try to heal him a little bit as he's raving about these coffins. Meanwhile, back in Germany, uh, 
or on the way to Germany, rather, Dracula is traveling to Vismar via uh, a ship. The what's it called again? The Demeter. I think it's the name of the Demeter. No, it doesn't. Via the Baxi Port. That's the name of the port that he goes to. The Um. boat is called the Demeter, I think. Anyway, when the boat arrives, everyone on the crew is gone, and it looks like they've been killed with the plague. Um, and anyway, that's where the, pl- the plague spreads to England, and that's sort of where the d- book begins, or the movie departs a lot from the book. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a whole bunch of characters that aren't here. The whole swashbuckling adventure of it all, of hunting down Dracula, is kind of gone, and it's really just this, like, really odd, avant-garde, experimental almost, but very quiet, um, slow-paced slow motion dread sweeping through the land as the plague basically takes all of Germany and the only person who's really sure what's going on is Lucy it and was she's a, like it's a motherfucking vampire yo interesting to film to watch while the coronavirus yeah, is going <laughs> we on we started watching so I didn't really think of this but yeah no this is this is unfortunately timely uh, eventually Harker gets back but he's fucked in the head doesn't even recognize Lucy and he's Starting to turn yeah, already. We understand he's starting to turn into a vampire. I think she does too, pretty much. She's well, like, she figures it out. She as figures it goes out on. really quickly. Yeah, but unfortunately, she's a woman in the uh, 1800s and nobody listened to her, including Van Helsing, who's just like, you know, you're probably just tired. <laughs> go to sleep. Why don't you just go lay down? Like, that's what I would do. You've been running around too much. Yeah. You're going to break a sweat. If I was a woman, I would simply not become hysterical. It's just that simple. <laughs> Lucy was the most interesting character. Of this movie, she's I great. Thought. Um, she was also, I should point out, the, one of the only people in the see when this film was made. There was two versions of it filmed simultaneously: one in English and one in German. Did uh, he do that just so there wasn't going to be a bad English dub of his movie? I, he did it because he had a bunch of English financing to make the movie as well. Okay. So he's like, "Well, we can do it," and almost all these actors could speak English except for her, who was dubbed. Oh, I didn't even know. Because her English wasn't good enough. Everybody else was speaking English. Bruno Gans spoke English, Klaus Kinski. There's not a ton of people in the movie, but uh, he shot them both at the same time. There's very minor differences between the two. Unfortunately, he thinks that the German one is the better one, uh, and I looked high and low and was unable to find a copy of the German one, so we watched the English one. Mm. But uh, I will say, I think Lucy is the most dynamic character. Yeah. She's the one who went from being confused first about what was going on yeah. to understanding very quickly to trying to get help realizing no one was going to help her to getting shit done herself yep. i was like this girl rocks unfortunately because it is still a victorian story like the way to kill dracula is yeah. to distract him by being beautiful and being pure and mm-hmm. so until the sun came up and then he's like ah oh, shit she was too pure and beautiful got distracted and then there's the I'm sun dead. and then he so then Van Helsing stakes him. But uh, she also realizes what, you know, Harker's turning into a vampire. And she sprinkles the host around him so oh, he yeah, can't he's leave, which is cool. Oh, yeah, stuck in the corner. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Lucy's beauty and purity distracts Dracula long enough for the light of day to for him to collapse to the floor. Van Helsing shows up and goes like, ow, oh, he was a vampire, damn it. Well, better stake this guy. Stakes him. Comes down covered in blood, gets Yeah, arrested. and the cop, this guy comes in and he's just like, what's with you? He's like, oh, I just staked Dracula. He's like can't do that he's you're like, under arrest he's like well I, got, I had a good reason yeah. and they're like the courts will decide that and there's then they this were like, amazing but then sequence they're like, though they're like but what courts everyone is dead or dead. dying and everyone and this guy's like well i can't arrest him and they are like just arrest him yeah the guy said like you you arrest him he's like i'm a coffin maker man he's like doesn't matter just arrest him you're the closest thing this town has to an official he's like i mean i guess but where do you want me to put him in the jail the jail's closed everyone's dead look we'll figure it out later he's I like, feel like fine that's the scene that 
um, I related to the most and what is going on in our world today because we it was during the first week of schools oh. being closed, so everyone was kind of panicking. There was no food in our grocery stores, and it just felt like uh, I, that scene where they're all confused yeah. about what to do was as confused as we were sure. just even a week ago. Yeah, yeah. that's too. I also thought that was just like right after like the the climax of this horrible, horrific story, we get this like moment of like Marx Brothers esque comedy. Like, what do you mean arrest him? What do you? Will you come quietly? The guy's like, yeah, I'll go with you. He's like, all right. I don't know where we're going, but I guess let's go to jail. It's funny that you found it comedic, and I found it just like it hit home for me. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, but it was also funny to me. But I think I'm also like, you are much kinder and like more optimistic than me so like whenever things aren't whenever it becomes apparent that nobody is in charge and everything's fucked up i'm just like fucking told you but you're just kind of like you still believe that there is goodness and that things will turn out okay and i'm just like no if it wasn't this plague that wiped us out it would be something else next week (laughs) so i was you know there's never a part of me that's surprised when things break bad i'm like well of course Anyway, Jonathan then wakes up and he commands that well, he has the, house, fangs now. the housekeeper um, sweep away the mess. That was also funny because he's just like, what are you, do you stand here while there's all this dust? Why don't you clean it up? And she's like, oh, all right. Sweeps the host away and he's just like, ha, psych. And he's like, he, now I need a horse. And he goes, horse. And he goes back and he's going to be the new Dracula. And he's yeah, going back to the off. Dracula castle. Riding off on horseback. Not sure where he's going or what he's doing, but he's probably going to spread that plague somewhere else. So it's sort of like, yeah, see, even when we did take care of the plague... You can't really stop it. It's going to go somewhere else. I loved the castle in this movie. Ugh. It wasn't your um, traditional gothic. Not at all. Um, stone, st- brick stone. It was not just like bricks, a crumbled, the ruined, like. It was like white walls. Shitty looking Eastern European hellhole. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was very, very cool. I loved every scene was, or every, like, um, not scene, every setting or um, set. Location? Set, yeah. yeah, was. Was, seemed very deliberate, and I just enjoyed watching this movie so much. I will oh, yeah. say I don't, I don't think besides Lucy, I don't didn't really find a lot of depth in the characters, which would be my not negative, but my only thing. And I don't think that was the point of this movie. No, I mean, and I guess to some extent they're archetypes, right? Like they're sort of like big blocky figures from classic literature that were supposed to be like, well, we all in theory kind of know who Jonathan Harker is and who Van Helsing is and who Dracula is. Yeah, but normally I like yeah. movies that have a lot of depth and characters and sure. a lot of character growth where this one didn't really have that except for Lucy. But it didn't need it. This movie no. was so dynamic in other ways that it was just really, really amazing. I would like to just mention uh, the score for the movie. Uh, it's by this a German band called Popple View who has done a bunch of Werner Herzog's movies. Um, I'm a big fan of that band and the soundtrack and also their soundtrack for his uh, another one of his films called Aguirre the Wrath of God which you should totally watch if you thought this was gorgeous because it's like these it's about like the Spanish crusaders in the Amazon dr- river jungle and it's amazing. Yeah. It was yeah, it was just an amazing movie. The rats were like, I couldn't believe how many rats were in this movie. There was a lot of rats. And it's like watching the actors go through them and have to kneel amongst them. I was like, yeah. oh and my god. And there were god. bats too. And we had a discussion about bats. I think they're cute. And I think they're flying rodents and they're gross. I've been in a cage with bats and fed them fruit and they're really cute. Fuck off with your bats. I want a bat pet. It's gross. 
So yeah, apparently um, Werner Herzog considered F.W. Murnau's Nosferatu be, be, to be the greatest film to have ever come out of Germany and wanted to make his own version. And so this was one of the, I believe, five or six films that he made with Klaus Kinski, who was, a f who was famous for being one of the worst human beings who ever lived, and everyone who ever worked with him in the movie hated him, and he and Werner Herzog also hated each other, but they made a bunch of movies together, and there's like stories about extras in the movie Fitzcarraldo offering Werner Herzog to like for them to murder Klaus Kinski if what? they if he wanted and like Klaus and Werner Herzog like threatening Kinski with a gun to get back on set and shit like no you need to watch if you you should a watch Fitzcarraldo because it's an amazing movie and then there's also a documentary about the making of Fitzcarraldo <laughs> and then there's also Werner Herzog made a documentary about his relationship with Klaus Kinski called My Best Fiend really yeah they, like they're they were but all of uh, Klaus Kinski's best work was in Herzog movies. So wait, Klaus Kinski was was Nosfer was the was Dracula. Really? Yeah. yeah. I find that interesting. Yeah, he's uh, like I, I haven't read a ton about him, and so what I do know about him is mostly just like yeah, most people have hated him and everything. And then I think there was like allegations later in life that yeah, after his daughter in her autobiography claimed that she had he had sexually abused her from oh, like age God. five to nineteen. Yeah, he's That's a bad, awful. bad guy. Oh well, yeah, no, like there was no question that he was a really rubbish piece of shit guy. But uh, he made some pretty cool movies, especially with Werner Herzog. You need to see him in Aguirre, the Wrath of God, and Fitzcarraldo because they're oh, that incredible. makes me feel icky. Yeah, well, he's a bad guy. It'd be very difficult to work with someone you didn't like. Yeah, I suppose. I think. Or maybe yeah. you bring out the better in each other then, or something. Yeah, I suppose there's something to be said for that. Like, the the work that they made together stands, speaks for itself. But yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to work with Klaus Kinski. And it sounds like even though he often did, Werner Herzog didn't either. Because <laughs> he was a piece of shit. And everyone who ever worked with him as well was just like, man, fuck this guy. I think Herzog, Herzog's um, love of Nosferatu comes Shows. through in yeah. this movie a lot. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but still putting his own stuff in it, like his own brand on it, I guess. You know, I saw an interview once with Werner Herzog where in the middle of it, he gets shot in the leg. What? And they continue the interview. Who shoots him? <laughs> well, I, I think it ended up being like a like a pellet gun, but it was from far enough away that like it hurt, broke the skin, and he's just like, I'm sorry, I think I've been shot. And oh they But they keep talking, and then eventually like he goes off and deals with his leg, but like, I don't know if they were shooting at him shoot? or, well... Quite often, he's in these like weird locations making movies. Like he goes where he needs to go to make a movie, and when he like made what kind of location? Okay, so when they made Fitzcarraldo, Fitzcarraldo is about a German man who wants to build an opera house in the Amazon. Okay, and in order to do so, he has to drag this steamship over a fucking mountain, and so to shoot that, they drug a steamship over a fucking mountain. They just did it for real. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Like, it's insane when you watch it. You're just like... And, like, the whole point of the movie is about, like, the 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 craziness or, like, the fault of, like, mankind's crazy ambition and, like, the madness of doing something like this. And, and like, the movie it. itself is also that. Like, it's it's also a really great movie, but it's just... It's insane. What's your so, um, favorite Herzog movie? Um, That's a good question. I've seen so many. I, I mean, have a guess. The first one that I got into was Grizzly Man. That's the first one I ever saw. Yeah, that's what kind of got me into, and I do still think it's one of his best documentaries. Um, I know you think it's uh, Happy People, and I love Happy People. Joey puts on <laughs> this movie. It's a documentary. Anytime he feels down or <laughs> sad or like, so when we had, was it Brody or Sawyer? I think it was Sawyer. 
I think it was Brody. Oh, no, you're right. It was Brody. When it was we had Brody. our firstborn, Joey watched this movie pretty much on repeat. Not that I was down or sad that no, our son no, was born. No, no, but it I mean, just, just like, like, be, like um, it was like you were up all night with a baby. We were up all night <laughs> just, with a baby. It was just yeah. on repeat. And this is a documentary about fur trappers who live in Siberia and the I taiga. I call it the dog movie because it's there like a, a few scenes with the huskies and yeah. that's how I know this movie. But yeah, it's this documentary about <laughs> Siberian fur trappers and I, I love it. I don't think it's his best movie by any stretch, but I love it. So it's your favorite? Oh boy. Um, Aguirre, The Wrath of God is incredible. Um, Fata Morgana is really good. Uh, this was really good. Encounters at the End of the World. Was this your first time seeing this movie? This one, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. Encounters at the End of the World is one of his documentaries about Antarctica that I really, really like. Um, yeah, I mean, the only movie of his that I didn't think was brilliant was like his very first short film called Hercules. And it was like, oh yeah, that's a student film. <laughs> and it was oh. still fine. But yeah, like I honestly, there are definitely movies that I would say this is a good mo place to start with Herzog. And there are movies that I would say do not start with this movie. Like if you've never seen a Herzog movie, maybe don't start with The Enigma of Casper Hauser or How to Heart of Glass. Grizzly Man is a good Yeah, maybe place. start with the documentary. Start with like Grizzly Man, Encounters at the End of the World, Little Dieter Needs to Fly. Rescue Dawn is a good narrative one to start with maybe. There are parts of Grizzly Man that are very hard to watch oh, though. Oh yeah, it's, they're not going to be Just a romp. like this yeah, I would say unwell man. Um, yeah, to put it lightly. Um, yeah. Having relationships with bears, not and not sexual. like that. <laughs> he ain't fucking these bears. <laughs> He's not fucking any bears, but just like yeah. his um, projections on these bears, it's totally. upsetting. Um, you could also like Rescue Dawn's a good narrative one to start with. Fitzcarraldo even is good, or Aguirre the Wrath of God if you're a little bit braver and are cool with it being a little bit slower. I would say even if Herzog's not your style, seeing anyone watch do, more until he is. Do no, do what they love to the best of their ability, and to this level of it's just amazing yeah. to watch. You know what? A, a good place to start narratively if Does you that want like a bon not at all to watch a bonkers fucking movie. Uh, the Nicolas Cage film Bad Lieutenant Port of Carl New Orleans that's a Werner Herzog movie that's crazy good My Son My Son What Have You Done that's another really good one oh, you've seen that watched, I watched yeah. part oh, of it right. I came in like you halfway came in at the end. but like some of his documentaries yeah. he's like are harrowing like Into the Abyss is about death row inmates <gasps> I would love that it's not exciting the way it's not it's what you get true crime what documentaries should be like because it's not titillating at all no but does it show what they eat for the last meal Land of Silence and Darkness is about people who are deaf and blind. Oh, does it make me cry? That would make me it would, cry. It would make you cry, yeah. Uh, Lessons of Darkness is really cool. Into the Infernos is one about volcanoes. What's Heart of Glass? That, okay, Heart of Glass is one of his narrative movies, and it's about this, like, village... Sorry, what's a narrative movie? Non-documentary. So it's about... It's a, it's a movie movie. <laughs> a, a fictional story. I got that. <laughs> and, and also, interestingly enough, a lot of his documentaries are somewhat fictional because he's not actually interested in um, literal truth. He's interested in ecstatic truth. So sometimes he'll have stuff that happens in movies that are fake that he made up in documentaries just because he's like, it's not, I don't actually care what really happened. We're trying to get to a deeper truth. So he'll oh. do... So, like, there's a scene in one of his documentaries about... Um, these uh these people who are like listening through the ice to try and hear of this like lost village and everything Holy and shit. everyone's like oh wow that's so interesting he's like yes but you you understand that it's not real i made it up <laughs> but it's in a documentary that's full of other stuff that's real <laughs> or like these people who dress up as jesus and move around the the, the wilds of, of russia he's like yeah that's not real either or stuff wow. will happen in his movies why does he make because it 
gets to something deeper. Like it's not he's not yeah. lying to you. He's not making something up, but it's trying to get to a deeper point. Like in certain things, like in Grizzly Man, even like none of the stuff he says happens didn't happen. But the way that like it's framed, where somebody like where she where they're reading a thing or saying a thing to each other, he's made them do it like twelve times uh. so that it gets out any of the like reality. So that it just becomes feeling weirdly staged, and yet there's something there now that wasn't there before. Listening to him talk about ecstatic truth is really interesting. He's a true artist, yes. I would say. But Heart of Glass is interesting. So it's about this Bavarian village uh, that made ruby glass, and the foreman dies, and nobody has the secret of the ruby glass, and the sl- sl- the village like t- slides into this funk, this depression, and they can't do the thing that they did before and they become obsessed with trying to recreate it. But he shot the film. He wanted it to have this weird remove, this weird feeling to it. So he had all of the lead actors. He hypnotizes them all and he, they perform the entire film under hypnosis. So they have this weird kind of distant vibe to their all their performances because they've all been hypnotized by Werner Herzog while they're performing. That's funny. Yeah. I That's the kind of shit I'm into. Werner Herzog hypnotizing people. Like... As an artist, where I, I mean, I, I do paintings and things like that, but seeing especially directors talk about their craft and their art, it's it's how I wish I could talk about my art. But you do. But no, not the same like way. I just relate more to how they talk about their art as a, as opposed to other like fine artists, like other painters and things like that. I just mm. relate more to how directors talk about their art. That's interesting. I guess, like on a some on some level, when a film director is talking about how they produce their art, there's a certain level of practicality to it because it's less about like them sculpting in the canvas to bring out something, which is legitimate. But with a director, it's like okay, well, there's also a technical layer where it's like, yeah, we had to like get the light, and then that camera was going at that speed, and we had to do this, 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 and this, and I also there's, a, there's like an element of project management to it that makes a, it easier to understand. There's also an element of like their passion for it coming through mm-hmm. where I don't feel like that with other fine artists. No, maybe just a, maybe listening to the wrong fine artists. Maybe. I come from ACAD. <laughs> it was like the Alberta College of Art and Design, which is very, um, I don't want to say pretentious. Well, maybe at the time you were there in the program you were in it was, but maybe yeah. that's maybe not fair to say of everything, but... Anyway, that was Nosferatu the Vampire and a crash course in Herzog. But go watch some Herzog. This stuff on, like, Prime, Happy People's on Prime, I should watch Happy People tonight. You should. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> it might make you happy <laughs> with all the shit that's going on. Yeah. We hope everyone's doing well. Yep, stay inside. This. Stay home. Stay safe. Hashtag flatten the curve. Drink your whiskey. Or your Diet Pepsi. <laughs> You're not drinking type. Oh, sorry. I thought you grabbed your root beer. It's an empty can. That's an empty can. So, Nicole, it's your pick. What did you pick? So, I didn't know what to pick, and I was flipping through um, this month's Rue Morgue and came across the Takalosh, um, directed in 2018. Um, and By it's, a, it's a South African... Um, legend or yeah. folklore south african folk horror i'm here yeah. for it so i thought it was really interesting the mm-hmm. trailer looks really cool kind of monstery yeah the trailer for me looks like it's either going to be exactly what i want or what i really what i don't want and i can't wait to see which it is either way <laughs> i think it's going to be really interesting and really fun yeah i'm looking forward to it uh so then there you go that'll be up on the last friday of april since we're uh still locked in who knows maybe we'll have another episode before then we'll just see oh did you see the director or no yeah i did oh, Jerome okay. Piccolani. because there was a few talk lashes we were confused trying to find yeah. this um there's a bunch of movies one. about this particular folk horror thing i guess so anyway that's what we're watching 2018 jerome Piccone. 
Uh, and until next time, I'm the creature Joey G. And I'm the bride. You usually say Nicole. Oh. <laughs> I'm the creature Joey G. And I'm the bride Nicole. I'll stay scary now. Kissy kissy. We'll get you another vat of whiskey, dear. Yes, please. How could this woman ever decide to wed this man?